Welcome back to the Fourier Baseball Podcast, ladies and gentlemen. Today we are in the slumps below of the AL mid, the mid of the mid, the bad, and we are with the <laughs> Kansas City Royals and the Detroit Tigers. Uh, two young teams, one kind of more promising that we really expect to be a bit more promising after a couple offseason moves, and the Detroit Tigers. Um, we're going to kick it off with the exciting, more young team. How are you guys doing today? Oh, you know, doing good. You know, this is um, you know, we got we got to talk about these teams. They're are they rebuilding? Uh, I don't know. I don't know. What is the direction, Stavs? I I mean, I don't know the direction. Um, hopefully upwards, right? But I mean, both these teams are fun to watch. Um, maybe not fun to watch, but both these teams are young and promising, and hopefully can achieve something. Um. I'm excited to talk about both these teams. They both made a bunch of moves this offseason that hopefully bolsters their uh, rosters in some shape or form. Uh, and they're, they're not just sitting there and doing nothing. They're trying to compete, right? Which you could be a team with zero direction trying to compete, or, or you could be a team that's just not trying at all. Um, and both these teams seem to have the right the right idea in their head. It's just a matter of of having that come to fruition. Agreed. And we're going to kick it off with the Royals, who last season, it's good. last season and this season are, I think, night and day compared to one another, just in like the differences of the organization, which we'll talk about in a moment. Um, they went 65 and 97 for worse than the AL mid, um, making them the AL bad. Uh, Bobby Witt Jr. had a 2030 rookie season, but outside of that, there wasn't really much to his game. His defense was really bad. And then Vinny Pasquantino, baby, the Pasquatch, top 10 in MLB and expected Woba, uh, elite slugger, not a great defender. Uh, and I'd like to talk on one thing before Stavs goes through the rest of the offseason. Their longtime general manager, Dayton Moore, is gone. Uh, this is a guy who led them to a World Series, and he had really just become outdated. And the guy who took over GM was his right-hand man, and everyone's like, oh, is it just going to be more of the same? But it looks like they're genuinely taking – step in at least in the right direction right they've gotten a new pitching coach who's adapted more analytics they've got a completely new hitting uh hitting staff throughout the minor leagues and major leagues and it looks like this team might act, they got a new manager matt cotraro like it looks like this team might be adjusting to the 21st century and that's a good sign when you have some high some high level prospects we'll call it that I mean, that's definitely a good sign and it's a sign the nationals should probably take to do this, something similar but they're not going to um but let's talk about the rest of their moves that that this GM did. Uh, Ryan O'Hearn, he heads out to Baltimore for cash. Uh, they let Michael A. Taylor, or they trade Michael A. Taylor in Minnesota for Evan Sisk and Stephen Cruz. Trade out Alberto Mondesi for Josh Taylor, uh, and trade Anthony Misiewicz uh to St. Louis for cash. I butchered that. I apologize. I'm trying to get better. But they do re-sign Zach Greinke. Um, and then sign Ryan Yarborough, Jordan Lyles. Again, I talked about how they got Evan Six, Stephen Cruz, and Josh Taylor from their subsequent trades. And then they go out and sign a, a flame-throwing lefty uh, by the name of Aroldis Chapman. Uh, they took, they were the ones that bit and took the chance on Aroldis Chapman. Hopefully, it'll come to some sort of value for them. But if it doesn't, it's one year, three point seven five million dollars that they're losing out on. I mean, it's a very low sum of money. It's a it's a good risk, good reward. Um, obviously, if there's issues there, just send them out. Like Aroldis Chapman, honestly, is a trade deadline piece for them, and it's perfectly fine to be that way. Um, I think this team last year didn't have much of an identity. It seemed like they were trying to compete a little bit, and now they they have their identity of this is a rebuild. This is a rebuild, and we're going to let our young guys play, and we're actually going to work towards something better. Um, maybe starting getting vaccinated to let their players play in Canada. Uh, actually, maybe they repealed that. Um, but I like the move of trading Taylor and Mondesi. I was a bit higher on their record before they made those moves because it was like, you know, not as much of a rebuild, but just like scarcely trying to compete. But actually, this looks like they're rebuilding now, and I'm happy about that. Yeah, I wouldn't. I wouldn't have considered this team close to um, you know competing a couple of years ago or even last season. Um, and I'm kind of glad that they're kind of you know surrounding th this core of you know good players with some talent. And I I think that we're still a couple of years out, but this is kind of a, a team that now has a 
future and kind of a timeline now. You got the young guys, you got Pascantino, you got um Bobby Witt, you got Melendez. A lot of a lot of young talent on this team that that probably will be the core of this rebuild. Um but I mean it, it's not a bad offseason. I don't I you can't expect them to do a full sale and you're not expecting them to go out and buy out like Carlos Correa, but this is you know a good move, a good offseason for a I mean mid team. I mean, they went out and made moves. Like I said, they're they're not staying stagnant and just kind of staying with their guys. They went out and they made moves. So I'm like the Colorado Rockies, right? Um, that's really what matters, and it, it's showing the the city of Kansas City that they are willing to go out and try and do things, and they are not just gonna sit and let it go. Yeah, and um, also, sorry, I just wanted to mention one thing real good. quick. Uh, there's a plan for the Royals to build a new stadium, and it's no. not going to be 30 minutes away from the city the goal of building a new stadium is to put it in the city which will increase the revenue which is huge for yeah. developing a team yes but Kaufman's iconic yeah, I, they, they have to, they have they have to take some inspiration if they're going to move Kaufman state Kaufman I, is a top 10 stadium in baseball um I, 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 it is it's on. it's a classic stadium and you need to you need to bring some aspects especially the fans in the outfield it I is agree. very unfortunate that that the, that the you know, idea of stadiums has been moving more towards, you know, outer city, parking lot city, like big parking lot surrounding this, you know, yeah. inner city stadiums are great, you know, in Baltimore, in Chicago, New York, those are great stadiums. Parking's probably more of a pain out there, but it's, it, it brings more people in. So I think obviously, yes, bringing it into Kansas City would be good, but getting rid of such an iconic stadium would, would kind of might hurt that is that definitely is true but did you see their the look of this new stadium tom yeah because i I remember it vaguely it is beautiful looking like the skyline looks pretty the there's a huge scoreboard out and left like this is a nice looking stadium if it can come to if it can come to look like this and yeah kaufman's a big loss uh, it's a stadium I've always wanted to go out to and hopefully get a chance before they uh, tear it down. Um, but this stadium is going to look good, and it's going to be very, very beneficial for the Kansas City Royals as an organization top to bottom. Yeah, yeah I, I mean, I'm looking at the picture right now. I see I see some fountains in the outfield. I'm, 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 I'm sold. I'm, this is all I needed. Um, there, are some the fountains. Fountain, there are some fountains in the outfield. I like Kaufman <laughs> better, but I think inner city might be better for revenue. Yeah, this I is agree. this has nothing to do with this has nothing to do with the projections, but obviously this would bring in a lot more money. It would probably be better for the team. Um, that's exciting, actually. I love I love. I don't know if you guys are nerds for baseball architecture, but I just I just love baseball architecture. I don't know what it is about me, but Stas, what do you think about that? Uh, I mean, it's fun. It's definitely it's definitely fun uh, to talk about. But you know what? Let's get back on track. Let's talk about the starting rotation. They got Zach Greinke, Jordan Lyles, Brady Singer, Ryan Yarborough, and Brad Keller. This is uh, a bottom is, 10 rotation. It's baseball. a rotation. Yeah. Right now, Jordan Lyles is paid to throw 180 innings to a 4-5 ERA, and that is yep. okay. That is perfectly okay. Zach Granke's is an aging veteran who's just a gift to mankind. Um, he's a Hall of Famer. Uh, there's not much of an argument there anymore. Uh, the dude's a Hall of Famer. Brady Singer showed really good signs of life last year, and their pitching coach this offseason has been working on him with a cutter. Uh, that'd be a really good bridge pitch between his really effective slider and changeup with his good sinker. Uh, Ryan Yarbrough never really had the potential to be an actual starter in Tampa Bay, and I'd like to see him get worked on a little bit. He's a he's very good at soft contact. Uh, counted his like max effort pitches all of that eighty eight. Uh, I think that there is upside. I'm not calling it good. Don't take that out of proportion. I think that there is upside to this starting rotation and that they can be decent. And also Brad Keller's like dollar store Corbin Burns. I don't know if you guys like read into that, but basically his cutter is like very similar profile. It just needs to be adjusted on its tilt a little bit and they can have a dollar store version of Corbin Burns. I mean, I'm just looking at percentile stats. Um, it's it's pretty bad. I mean, it's probably bottom five on the surface right now. I think if you get a breakout from Brady Singer, you, you maybe have some potential, but I, I think we see what Ryan Yarbrough is going to be. I think it's going to be more of a soft contact guy. Might get, you know, might give up a lot of hits, but he gets soft contact. That might start translating to effectiveness later on, but 
right now I'm not sold, especially Jordan Lyles, Brad Keller, and Zach Granke. You know, you love Zach Granke, but he's not very good. Um, I don't know. I think this has to be one of the one of the worst both one of the worst rotations in baseball. There's no there's no guy that stands out to me right now. Uh Brady Singer stands out to me. I like yeah, him. Brady Singer. Yeah. Um, yeah, this year with him is he's just he's just young. That's really it. Yeah, sorry. I'm trying to find the article that I read. It's basically comparing Brad Keller to become like he could be a Corbin Burns type pitcher, like the style. Not that he is any ounce of what Corbin Burns is, but you can build him up and to be a lesser version of that. Yeah. Uh, um, I don't know. I just uh, the the I think this is definitely the weakest part of of this this lineup. Um, but with that, let's get into their bullpen. Where they got Scott Scott Barlow, Dylan Coleman, Aroldis Chapman, Taylor Clark, Amir Garrett, Josh Dalmont, uh, Josh Taylor, Carlos Hernandez, and Carlos Hernandez. Uh, it, it's it's also a bullpen. They have a rotation. They have a bullpen. I think the thing is with this team is that there's a lot of potential. I'd really like to see this pitching coach just come in and overhaul everything. This new pitching coach, like introduce analytics, work on something with these guys because Scott Barlow's got really good potential. Dylan Coleman's got really good potential. The shape on his fastball is just piss poor. Uh, same with Josh Stamont. Aroldis Chapman actually has a very good fastball, even if it's declining in velocity. Like, it looks very good numbers-wise. I think this bullpen can be good. It just needs to be developed, and I'm okay with that. I'm okay with this pitching staff and this bullpen being bad, but developing. That is what a rebuild is. Yeah, I mean – I'm not necessarily like sold on anyone, but there, there's, I mean, we've seen this a million times. Guys just come out of nowhere, you know, appearing. I, there's a couple of guys that could, you know, come onto the scene here, but most of them here, I mean, like you mentioned earlier, will probably be trade pieces if they break out because a lot of them are past their prime in this bullpen. Yeah. Like Chapman, I think is the prime example of that. Amir Garrett, maybe if he's doing well halfway through the season, it's never really clicked with him. Um, It's just, it's a rebuild, and I'm gonna let them. I'm gonna this year. I'm giving the Royals the way because it is a new general manager. It is basically a completely differently run organization. It, if they're gonna adapt analytics, I want to see there be tangible improvement, tangible and visible improvements to their pitching. Yeah, and I think that's definitely the big factor here. I mean, their their lineup appears to be getting better every year, but their pitching has been consistently mediocre for about 10 years. I think it's been a it's been a very long time since you've seen dominant, dominant pitching in Kansas City. Yeah. I'm trying to think of the last who was the last 2016, one? 2016, Once that World Series team like fizzled out. Yeah, like yeah, like Jordan. Wade Davis. Yeah. Wade Davis. Greg Holland. All that. Yeah. Yeah. Um yeah, I, I definitely think I think for the most important part of this this lineup is going to be their development. You need to see strides forward in any capacity, uh, top to bottom throughout the entirety of the organization. Uh, but with that, let's head over to their actual lineup. So they got Bobby Wood Jr. at shortstop, MJ Melendez at the DH position, Salvador Perez behind the dish, Vinny Pasquantino at first. Uh, Hunter Dozier at third, Kyle Isbell at in center field, uh, Edward Olivares at, in left field, Michael Massey at second, and Nate, Nate Eaton. Uh, he's at first, but or he's, he's in uh, right field, right field. Yeah, I right field. Probably should have written that. That's not bad. He didn't. <laughs> uh, <laughs> but off the bench, they got Freddie Furman, Matt Duffy, Nicky Lopez, and Franmil Reyes. So, so you see, that's that's some decent depth right there. With upside, at least we saw we saw what Framel Reyes can do. He hasn't been quite that in a little bit, but he we've seen what he can do. He and he's not a guy that's like aging like the other guys. Like this is a guy that just kind of you know fell off a little bit. I think with some tweaking to his you know mechanics, he might be able to return to form. Matt Duffy was kind of a contact guy in Anaheim. He was a decent bet in the lineup, probably about league average. And then Nicky Lopez is still very young too. I think he's actually very young. Very good glove too. Yeah, so I mean, there's there's depth in this lineup, and I mean, we haven't even talked about the bats in this lineup. One through four, they all have their own power threat. I think all four of those guys have the high power upside. I agree. Uh, I really like Bobby Wood Jr. It's just this year, I think, is really the telltale sign of what he is. And so long as there's not like injuries that kind of like interfere with his development as a player, 
I think this season is going to let us know more of what he is, more of if he's really just a home runs and steals type guy, or if there's more dimensions to his game, there's maybe some defense or he can hit the ball to the gaps. You know, if he's a actual hitter or if he's kind of just this exciting, but lower value player. Yeah. And the hype around this guy was crazy. I mean, I think he's one of the most hyped up prospects we've seen um, in our lifetime. So, I mean, it is only his first season in the pros. I think there's a lot to build on after one season. I think, like you mentioned, big telltale season. Um, I, I predict there will be some contact improvement as well as some fielding improvement. I think the power and speed were already displayed last season. I agree. I um, also sorry, yeah. sorry, you got it. No, you're good. I was I was just gonna say I definitely agree. Um, Bobby Witt Jr. I mean, he's a good player, and we need to. I I want to I want to see more from him, and I want to see him take that next step this upcoming season. Again, I'm gonna give them some leeway this year. I want to see them develop young talent. Which means, though, I don't want to see crusty 30-year-old veterans that aren't going anywhere with their careers taking at-bats from young kids. Like, if they have a young prospect that is ready to get some at-bats on the major league level, do not block him with some friend Reyes. Unless friend Reyes is not traded at the deadline because he's not playing well or whatever, do not let some young kid get blocked by friend Reyes yeah. or Matt Duffy. Let the kids play. Let them develop. Let them see major league pitching. Like MJ Melendez is in the two hole. He's going to see a lot of pitching this year. Vinny Pasquantino, four spot. Hunter Doge is a guy that should not get in the way of any prospect getting playing time. And so long as the Kansas City Royals let their young guys get at bats, even if they're not even that successful, the young kids, this season will be a success for my eyes in the Kansas City Royals. Yeah. I mean, different teams have different goals. And I think the goal of this this season should be, you know, development and i don't think i don't think you can grade their season based on a record or like their run differential i think you have to grade it on the individual success of these stars i mean when we do our grade reflections in what like nine months or something like a long time yeah um we have to you know weigh in the factor of this isn't a season that they expected to win this is a season they expected to develop players and i think that they're they're definitely taking strides in the right direction for a, an organization that's uh, lacked that for a couple of seasons now. I'm just trying to, I'm looking back to find what we graded their season last year. Um, if you haven't followed us on social media yet, all social media links will be in the description below. You can find everything we posted from last year, things we're going to be keeping up with this year. It's a good place to check out. Um, looking at their grades from last year, here we are. The Kansas City Royals, we all gave them C's and C minuses. And I think that was more of just because they didn't do anything last year. They weren't good. They weren't bad, but they weren't rebuilding last year. They didn't have a direction. And right now they have direction. I was, I was upset last season that after probably three consecutive seasons of Whit Merrifield playing at an elite second base level, they finally traded him when he wasn't playing as good. That was what I was disappointed about. You could have probably traded him in 2019, 2020, and 2021 and gotten so much more than what they got from in 2022. And that was very disappointing for me. And th- that was that that kind of fear to pull the trigger for them was the reason I gave them such a low grade. But now I feel like they're they're more willing to make moves for the future and not just now. I'm going to go on a low tier hot take right here. Okay. I would give their offseason an A minus. I I don't know I mean, yeah, I mean, you got to get guys to eat innings. So the pickups of Granky, Yarbrough, those guys are not expected to come in here and be all-stars. They're expected to eat innings. So what they're trying to do is not bad. And I think compared to other teams in this league, there's 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 an actual, like, pretty solid plan going on here. Um, I'm a little bit concerned about the, the lack of depth in their farm system now after all these guys graduated. Um, we'll get to that in a minute. But I think... I think the way they're going right now, it's probably good. And if there's some players that are performing, you can obviously flip them for pieces and those pieces will eventually develop in their farm system. So this is kind of, I don't know. I I wouldn't consider this the back half of their rebuild, but I would consider this mid rebuild probably. Yeah. Because the the kids are up right now. Like they're just starting to play right now. Um, Right now they're slotted to get the fifth pick in next year's draft. And I'm just trying to find uh, baseball. America is not letting me do this. Um, I'm just looking at a mock draft right now and it has them taking Jacob Wilson from Grand Canyon. who's a shortstop, right? 
I they don't need another shortstop, right? Like, I mean, I so when it when it comes to drafts, you got to take the best player available usually because yeah. you can, you know, but that's how that's how it works. But and there's also there's a million other spots you can put them. I mean, second base position is pretty open on this team. Mm-hmm. Um, says so what you guys say? Yeah, but they do have so they have Bobby Wood up currently. They also have Michael Garcia. Uh, he's their third ranked prospect. His ETA is supposed to be this year. Uh, Nick Lofton's utility guy. Uh, Caden Wallace is a third base. Like that, that's just three of their top five prospects. You have shortstop, utility, and a third baseman. So, like, it's kind of it's. I don't know if shortstop's necessarily their most needed position. So I I don't know. Well, yes, you should probably take best available. You also need to you also need to to know what your set your needs are, right? If the best player available is a shortstop and you have uh, Bobby Witt Jr. and Michael Garcia both at shortstop position already, you might it's it's not it's not always about best players, about best fit too. Which is why like I'm trying to think of like a comparison. Like in, in, in the NBA, uh a couple seasons ago the the Warriors drafted uh James Wiseman because they needed a center. They didn't need another guard. They didn't need LaMelo Ball. They needed a center and, they, and then they went with James Wiseman. And that didn't so work not out always for about him. I mean it, it didn't, but <laughs> that was a bad like, example. That's it, but it's not because that's why they went with him. Yeah, yeah, but it didn't work out because now or, you have okay, the best available. The, okay. The, the Suns went with DeAndre Ayton because okay. he's a center. They didn't That's go fair. after Trey Young or Luka Doncic, which would have been the better player. They went with best fit for their team. Um, yeah, and also like I, we we're talking about the young guys, right? They also graduated Nick Prado last year, who is a pretty decent prospect. And right now, I don't know why he's not projected on their roster. I was thinking about that. He's not injured. Nothing wrong there. Put him in left field. Edward Olivares doesn't need the at bats that he does, or Nate Eaton. Um, they don't have any prospects in the top 100 for fan graphs, which is 112 players. And Gavin Cross is their number 61, according to MLB Pipeline, but he's not expected until 2025. So right now, there's no support coming from the minor leagues. Yeah, and that, that's a bit concerning, I would say. Um, but I think you can definitely get a couple pieces this season, you know, given that some players are having good seasons. And you got to bet that at least one of these guys is going to have a decent season decent enough to get some pieces back. Um, but the, the team you're building here, you need some more reinforcements. So eventually you're going to need a couple more pieces. And I, I don't know how they're going to go about that. All right, you guys ready to hop on over to uh, predictions? Oh, yeah. Stavs, lead us off, Stavs. Okay, I'll lead you off. So I do have them being better than they were last year at 67 and 95. Um, I'm excited to watch this team play. Uh, MVP I have is Bobby Witt Jr., um, I think he is going to take that next step forward. But with that being said, he is also their most important player because if he doesn't take that step forward and he's still just kind of the same player he was last year, that is not boding well for the Kansas City Royals. Um, Cy Young, I've, there's really not, I mean, a player that you can pick um, and you, that you're, like, confident in. But, like, Zach Greinke always feels like a safe bet. Um, and breakout, I have Vinny Pasquantino, if we can even call this season a breakout. Uh, because he kind of broke out last season, but I think he'll continue success and play well. Yeah, I mean, I got the record at sixty nine ninety three, not that far off of you. Um, I had their team MVP being Bobby Witt. I feel like that's a safer bet. Most important player, I really confused on this one. I mean, because in terms of importance, you could have someone that actually provides value to your team, or you could have someone that just balls out individually that could be traded. So for that reason, I think I'm going to say Chapman, Aroldis Chapman. I think if he has a good first half of the season, I see no reason why they don't trade him away and get someone really good. I mean, we saw it in, what, 2016 when the Cubs went out and got Chapman. They got some pieces back. It's not going to be the same package, but, you know, if he's showing effectiveness, a flamethrowing left-hander in the bullpen is something that's very important for teams making a playoff push. So I think that I, I don't see why, if he's not playing well, they don't get a huge package back. So I got Brady Singer. I There's no one else in this, in this this rotation that I got winning the Cy Young. So I think Brady Singer is a pretty safe bet. Breakout, I got Vinny Bascantino. You already know. Brad, it's it's all you. <laughs> it's, it. The MVP is the Pasquatch, Vinny Pasquantino, the best player okay. in baseball. Like yeah. the Italian nightmare, like national hero to Italy. Like the dude's a freak <laughs> of nature. Uh, he is top 10 and expected global last year. Uh, he's pretty good, though. He's hit all, through all levels. 
Uh, for the record, I added Tom and Stev's records and I just divided it by two. Otherwise known as I'm in between them. I'm at 68 and 94. Um, for their Cy Young and Breakout, I put Brady Singer because I see him taking a step in the right direction. There was one start last year that really stands out to me is when he faced the Yankees. He went seven innings, struck out 10 and only allowed one hit. Uh, that looked like dominance to me. And sometimes when you see breakouts of guys or like a very good performance, it's like, you know what? He pitched pretty well today, but it didn't seem dominant. Hunter Green, when he takes over a game, seems dominant. That start felt dominant. That felt like Logan Webb in the playoffs dominant. Like very similar profile of pitch type. Shout out it, Logan Webb. It felt dominant. And for the most important, I did put Bobby Witt Jr. I do believe that he must develop for this for the future of this organization. That's fair. I mean, I I, I think all all of us make a good point, but for their volatility, are they a volatile team or no? No, they're gonna yeah, be bad. bad. They're a bad I mean, team. What what's their ceiling though? Like which is like 70 wins? 70. 73, 70. I could see the thing is I could see them being annoying in a series. Yeah, but the thing is, there's no way they don't sell at the deadline. Because if, if, say, they have a good first half of the season, that probably means that you're getting production from some of the guys that will be traded. So when they get traded, obviously you're going to have some sort of fall off. Not a crazy fall off, but you're going to see some sort of fall off. So the better they're doing in the first half, the worse they're going to do in the second half, I I feel. The Orioles were doing great in the first half last year. Sold at the deadline and got even better. That was weird. That was weird. That, that was because they called up freaking Adley. Yeah, that, that's, that's definitely came up a big before game. the deadline. A little bit before the deadline. Two months. No. Yeah. Um, <laughs> yes, I refuse. <laughs> Anyways, uh, <laughs> I'll, I'll, I'll compromise at 72 and 90. Okay. Sounds good. And then uh, for and their, their floor, floor. Like 60 wins. They can be really bad, yeah. Like 60 yeah, and 100 60 or something seems, like that. 60 seems right. Like, they're not going to be, like, Nationals, Reds, Athletics level of bad, but they're not good either. Yeah. Yeah. All right. So that'll do it for the Kansas City Royals. And we're going to hop over to Detroit. And honestly, this team, you know how I was like happy. I was excited about the Royals. I don't feel that about the Tigers. I feel like this team is lacking direction right now because it really feels like they were trying to exit a rebuild and they're going to have to go right back into another one. Do you guys get that same feeling? Yeah, I mean, this is what happens when you have a, a bad GM, and now, thankfully, he is gone. So, I mean, you got to hope some direction starts to uh, come in here. But after last season, their their acquisitions last year were underwhelming. They played underwhelming as well. I, I don't know. I don't know how um, – yeah, this is just a team with no direction. So, I mean, I, I don't fully disagree with your point, but I feel like – it's because they had what what what's they had a they had a pretty good twenty twenty one so I felt like they thought they could take that next step they went out and they took the gamble and they didn't take the next step because Javi Baez literally has zero eye at the plate, um, but it I I definitely I I don't dislike the Tigers but I'm not in love with the Tigers if that makes sense. Yeah, and so for reference, last year they went sixty six and ninety six. The reason, as Snaps pointed out, is for the last couple months, or I think from the All-Star game on in 2021, they played 500 ball. I think that sounds about right. And so we were like okay. kind of high on the Tigers. Like maybe there's an outside chance that they could go and compete because they had the number one pick coming up, Spencer Torkelson, and he was horrible. Eduardo Rodriguez missed the middle months of the season for family matters. Uh, Tom reminded me, Austin Meadows also had to miss the last parts of the season for mental health issues. Uh, Casey Mize threw 10 innings last year. That was remember their number one pick in 2018. Uh, he's going to be hurt for most of this year, too. Like, that's not good. Their most innings on the team was 117 and two-thirds innings. That was Tarek Skubal, who is supposed to be one of the key pieces of this rebuild. This isn't... This is an absolute floor. They had one batter, one, have an OPS plus over 100. And it was a backup catcher. I mean, this is, I mean, it's, it's, it's the consequences of your own actions, man. You go out and rebuild a team that's not ready to compete. You got, you get, you get a hot streak for about a month at the end of the 2021 season. And, and you consider that the end of the rebuild. And then you commit to 
you know, making a push. And when it's not ready, it's 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 gonna blow up in your face like it did right here. I mean, this is this is the result of their actions here. I mean, I don't know. I I, mean, I think now that the GM is out of the way, I think there's less to worry about. I think there's you know, new management might be the solution here. I mean, we talk about teams that like like they just like wait too long and like aren't aggressive. I mean, he was aggressive. He went out and he tried to make something. It just wasn't I just don't think the timing was perfect. Um and I definitely don't think Javi Baez was going to be the answer to your prayers uh in Detroit. But this offseason, they lose out on Andrew Chafin, Tucker Barnhart and Daniel Norris. Uh, traded Joe Jimenez to the Braves and traded Gregory Soto and Cody Clements to Philadelphia. In exchange for both of those trades, they got Justin Henry Malloy and Jake Higginbotham. Bottom, and then they get Matt Veerling, Nick Maton, and Donnie Sands from Philadelphia. Um, along with those trades, they get Tyler Nevin from Baltimore. Uh, Michael Lorenzen signed him to a one-year deal. Signed Matt Boyd to a one-year deal, and signed Trevor Rosenthal to a one-year deal. I. I don't dislike the off season. I, I, I mean, I'm not going to say I love the off season, but I don't dislike the off season. They went out and they made some deals. They signed some veteran pieces. I mean, what, what, what did you want from their off season? Um, I don't know. This is, it's a transition of front office, right? Like they're, they're also like completely redoing their front office. They fired all the scouts. They fired all the coaches. They're redoing it as well as the Royals. It just doesn't feel like this team is the same type of rebuild as the Royals because the guys that were supposed to be the key pieces of it are going to be entering free agency by the time this team's good. It's just, it's just it's not too late. Work. Yeah, this is going to be a rebuild inception. They're going to rebuild instead of a rebuild. And, it, and that's probably what's most likely going to happen. The timetable is too long. No, no really good prospects and nothing really stands out. There's not many guys you can flip. Not, I mean, you're probably going to have to sell the deadline. Um, the answer to your question, Stevs, of what did I want to see from them? I wanted to see them just I, promote the young guys, if that almost makes sense. Clear the stage of Javi Baez. No one's going to take it. No one's going to take that contract, but like maybe try and shed that. Trade Austin Meadows, maybe. Jonathan Scope was the best defender in baseball last year. There's value right there. Like, maybe just clear the stage for some guys to get at-bats. It's just, this is not a team that's going to compete for anything. I mean, stack this team against the Mets, they're going to get killed. I mean, you can't, you couldn't have thought that this was going to work. This is even even like a, like a super hot Cinderella run. This is not a team that will win anything. Um, I mean, uh, the offseason steps was, was decent. I mean, you got a bunch of one-year deals and you, you obviously got rid of, um, Gregory Soto and Cody Clemens. So, I mean, yeah. And, and that trade, you get back Matt Veerling, Nick Maton and, and thick neck Donnie Sands. I mean, I mean, Matt Veerling and Nick Maton are, are going to be pretty good. I'm excited to watch both of them play in Detroit. Um, and Donnie Sands, I think is a, a year or two out. My mistaken by that I might no you're be. right you're right um but I, I mean and Henry Malloy is supposed to be up this year like like they, they have pieces um I'm not I'm not gonna say the Tigers are gonna be the, the they're gonna win the central no I'm not I'm not saying that but I'm saying they have pieces and I'm not entirely upset with their offseason I mean so you want to talk about their their rotation because this rotation yeah, is. I'll head over it. So they got Eduardo Rodriguez, Matthew Boyd, Michael Lorenzen, Matt Manning, and Spencer Turnbull. Obviously, Casey Mize is out with he had what Tommy John and a back surgery. Yeah. Yep. Um, and then Tariq Skubal is also out. Um, what is his timetable? Do you know his timetable? Uh, first or second month of the so, season. I mean, assuming Skubal comes back and is somewhat healthy and we're probably not going to see Mize this season that's and that's unfortunate but it's not terrible it's not terrible it's not amazing it's not good but it's not terrible I mean you got Matt Manning and um a couple other guys in this rotation that are like yeah these these are all just one-year deals and there's no guys that stand out other than Casey Mize and uh Tariq Skubal and 
I'm just not sold. The Eduardo Rodriguez signing was not that good. A little underwhelming. Um, I just don't see this this panning out very well. This is a bottom five rotation in baseball. I think Brad, what do you think about that? Um, I agree. I like Matt Boyd a little bit more than he's given credit for. Um Eduardo Rodriguez, I feel like was overpaid. Michael Lorenzen's not that good. I'm a little bit higher on Spencer Turnbull. Uh, he showed really good signs of life in his small sample in 2021 before he got hurt. Um, but I could I could buy a little bit of Spencer Turnbull bread. And outside of that, I there's nothing. <laughs> yeah, I mean Turnbull Turnbull, Turnbull like did he throw the no hitter in 2021 or 2020? 2021. I mean, that's probably the main reason why people know his name. So I, I don't know if he's like no, his stuff backs it up. Yeah. Like the his 2021 data backs it up. Matt Manning's a prospect. He made a step in the right direction last year. He just has, you know, one of the lowest strikeout rates in the league. Um, it's just, it doesn't look good with him is the thing. I mean, Matthew Boyd was a failed prospect, right? Of the Tigers system before he got moved or before he moved. And then he came back. And I, I'm not really sold on... Um, on him, I'm pretty sure I he I think he had one good outing in spring training. I can check really quick. Um, okay, so spring training, 13 innings pitched, 21 strikeouts, but does give up significant runs. I don't know. I don't know about this guy. He did pitch pretty well last season in a very small, very small sample size. I'm just not sold. I he didn't pitch well at the Tigers, obviously last season. And the season before, I believe he was actually somewhat, you know, usable. But right now, I'm just I, the sample size is just too small for him. I agree. But he's going to be getting innings. So, um, I mean, I think I think we've we've touched on everything we want to touch on for the starting rotation. I mean, Matt Manning is 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 uh he's he's going to be fun to watch. Spencer Turnbull's going to be fun to watch. And I mean, we hope the we hope we wish the best for Casey Mize. We want him to be out on the field. He's like one of the most important pieces for this Tigers starting rotation for the Tigers organization as a whole. Um, and Trey Scoobal is going to be out for two months. Hopefully he can come back and perform at a high enough level. Um, let's head over there. They're both in. Um, got Alex Lang, Jason Foley, uh, Jose. What Brad? It's Alex Lange. Lange. Really? Really? Yes. If I said Lange, it would have been Lang. So no, okay. it's actually Alex Lange. Okay. Uh, Jose Cisnero, Will Vest, Tyler Alexander, Garrett Hill, uh, Chasen Shreve, uh, and Mason Englert. Um, um, I don't like the bullpen. Is there any worse bullpens in baseball? I don't think there is. No, like even Alex Landry. Like I'm not not like, trying to like pick on you. It's like he's actually decent. Alex Landry is actually decent. Okay. Outside of him, maybe Jose Cisnero is decent. Maybe. I I don't think there's. I mean, what's the athletics bullpen? That would be. That's the competition. That's not territory you want to be in. Yeah, so it's 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 a bottom two bullpen in baseball, and that's you do not want to be in the same breath as the Oakland Athletics for any anything, especially for a team that that's supposed to you know be in quotations competing now. You don't want to be considered. But I don't think they're really rebuilding. Competing, right? I mean, if you'd asked last year, they would have been like, yeah, we're competing. We're in it. Um, at the beginning of last season, I think they would have said that we're going to try to compete. Not that they were a competing team or that they are a competing team, but that they were going to try and compete. They were going to go out there and put their best foot forward. I, I think you guys are, are – maybe not maybe not Brad as much, but I think, I think Tom, I think you're, you're acting like this, this team – went out or like this organization went out there like we're gonna win the central i don't think they did they went out there saying we're gonna try and compete and hey if we can get hot at the right time and win the central hey anything's possible again it is the mid they're the al mid all I the teams the are not athletics incredible. bullpen might be better so yeah, we're talking I, about I was, i'm a, on the hate train yeah we're talking about a middle of the below middle of the pack starting rotation and the worst bullpen in baseball that's not good. And we haven't even gotten to the lineup yet. Which isn't okay. The lineup. Riley Green in center field. Nice. Quality. Like, good start. Like I, I like him. Nick Maton, third base. 
Again, awesome. like him, potential. Javi Baez, shortstop. I don't know what he is. Austin Meadows, right? What's that, Sebs? I he's looked really good in the World Baseball Classic so far. He looked very, very good. I is that going to say he's going to be very, very good for the Tigers? No, but I think he's someone who depends on the environment around him. When the environment right. around him is like involved, hype, caring, he elevates his play. Don't think that's a feeling he's going to get in Detroit. That's my point. Uh, Austin Meadows hitting fourth in right field. Jonathan Scope hitting fifth at second base. Kerry Carpenter, DH, hitting sixth. Spencer Torkelson at first base. Akil Badu in left field. And Jake Rogers catching. Uh, their bench is Eric Hasse. He was their only player with an OPS plus of, one fifth, or of 100 or better. Uh, Kerry Carpenter did, but he barely had over 100 at-bats, but I'm not going to count that. Miguel Cabrera is a first baseman. Zach Short's a middle infielder and outfielder. And Matt Feeling's an outfielder. I like to see Hasse and Veerling actually be in the starting lineup. Again, it's a conversation that we had with the Royals. There shouldn't be any players on this team, unless they're rookies, that block prospects from playing. I mean, for, yeah. for, for Hasse, he's, I mean, he could go over Jake Rogers. Yeah. And then Veerling, what, Austin Meadows? You don't start feeling over Meadows. Like, Meadows is, I'm saying, like, probably Meadows has dealt. potential. Yeah, but yeah. who are you going to start veering over? Harry Carpenter. Akil Badu. Harry Um, Because there's also, like, Nick Maton might not be that good. Spencer Torkelson might be a bust. We don't know. Yeah, I mean, one more season of this, and he's considered a bust. <clears throat> yeah. Yeah. Um... Just the, the depth not selling me the there there's not who do you who on this team can hit more than thirty home runs in a season? Especially we don't know what Riley Green is yet. I Javi think Riley ba- Green can. Javi Baez could hit thirty home runs. It's just will he hit the ball? Um, yeah. Austin Met. Only look at like Austin Meadows' best season or his he hundred. That was with the Rays. His yeah. best season with the Rays. Austin. Thank you, Brad. Good job. You're good at typing. <laughs> Austin Meadows. Okay. His best season with the Rays was 2019, where he played 138 games and he hit 33 bombs. So there's another guy. Last in 2021, he hit 27 bombs. He's decent. He could put up some war and hit some bombs. But I feel like the issue with this team is saying these guys are going to do this is we talked about the White Sox. Um, where we're going to talk about the White Sox just being when we get to that projection, just being a disappointing bad environment, right? I feel like Detroit had that same environment, but it was just more depressing. Yeah, um, I think it's definitely hard to play out there. I mean, they are changing the dimensions of the field, correct? Slightly. Yeah, they're bringing it in. So that, that might help, especially considering that Spencer Torkelson is like the most unlucky batter of all time. I mean, you've seen him in spring training. The Victor Robles catch was the most unlucky thing. He hit that ball at like a perfect launch angle, at like 115 miles an hour, and it didn't get out. Um, I, I think there's definitely some luck going into this. I think Spencer Torkelson will definitely have some positive regression and Riley Green should continue to rake and also be good in the field. Um, hope you got to stay healthy though. Um, Jonathan Scope has been more of a, a more of a hitting second baseman his whole career. Now he's kind of turned it, flipped it backwards. Um, Matt Beerling has to get a chance. There's too much, there's too many percentiles that say otherwise that he should be starting. I agree. And Okay, the lineup's the best part of their team, but it's not good. No, it's not. It's not sensational by any stretch of imagination. I mean, I mean, I'd say I can't even say like any of these. Like we always say, like oh, like the top, like this, the top three is like really good. Like your top three is Riley Green, Nick Maton, and and Javi Baez. So like by like name, they're pretty good, but I mean, that's about, I, I, mean, I think this will be. I think this will be a bottom three team in baseball next year. Bottom bottom four, sorry. Bottom five, maybe. Yeah, I'm not agree with that. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah. Um, I think I think I'm higher on them than you guys are, but with that though, they have no prospects expected for this year. So what's up there is what you're looking for, guys. 2024, maybe. If maybe some guys in the minors do well this season and they're up, but Stev's predictions. You got. You said you're a bit higher on them than we are. I mean, I I like them. I I, I don't know. I think I think I'm just I'm betting on them just being 
just like the players that were terrible last year to turn it around. Like I, I think Javi Baez is is gonna be something a little better. I think Riley Green's gonna perform at a high level. I think Spencer Torkelson's gonna play well. Um, so for me, um, they have them going seventy ninety two. Um, I don't know if I mean I guess that probably might be closer to their ceiling. Um, but I, I mean, that's where I think they're, they're going to be at, um, MVP, I have Riley green. I think he's going to show out this year. I think he's going to be very, very good. Um, Cy Young has Spencer Turnbull. Um, I think he's going to come out pitch very well. Um, not anything crazy, but I mean, he doesn't really have that much competition, uh, breakout Spencer Torkelson. I think the unluckiness that Tom had mentioned will kind of fade out. And I think he's going to get hopefully a little luckier. Uh, and most important is, for me at least, Javi Baez. You paid him a crap ton of money. He needs to perform at a high level. Also, the thing is, he has an opt-out after this year. Maybe. He will be opting out probably. Oh, if he's. Uh, I wouldn't opt out right now. terribly, I would not opt out. Yeah, if he plays how he did last year, I would not opt out. Tom? Yeah. Why are you guys looking at me? Man? I wanna, it's uh, your turn. I always want to go last. Okay, okay. you can go last. Okay, right, go, go ahead. ahead. Yeah. I have them going 61 and 101. First of all, I had them going 64 and 98. But then I saw their team, and they're really bad. And they also get a central tax. Um, like, think about it. This team is going to have to go play the entirety of the American League East more than they normally would. They're going to have to go play the entirety of the AL West and the Athletics. Um, they're going to have to play the NL West and the Rockies, they're going to play the NL East and the Nationals. Like, they're not better. They're, the only teams that they're going to compete with are the Athletics, Nationals, and maybe the Colorado Rockies in those four divisions. Like, yeah. you can't compete with those teams or can't compete with any other team and consider yourself above 65 wins. For that, though, I had their MVP as Riley Green. Their Cy Young is Spencer Turnbull. Their breakout being Matt Vierling. And their most important being Spencer Torkelson. Uh, Tom mentioned it. It's this year or bust. And uh, after Tom goes, I just like to make a point about this too. I had their record being 62 and 100. Like, I, I think this is, I think that's like a like a 50th percentile team too. Like this, this team is going to be bad. You, you can't move without pitching. I think. I mean, this might be a hot take, but even if you give them a good lineup, like a good hitting lineup, this pitching staff is not going to do anything. I mean, they're still going to – like, even if you gave them better hitters, they'd still be awful. But you have bad pitching and hitters that aren't really threatening at all, and you 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 make the Tigers. This is this is a team that's probably going to be pretty bad. Um, For their MVP, I had Riley Green. I really think he's going to build off of this, this season. He has really good oppo power. It's crazy to see. Um, He gets the ball to all parts of the park. Uh, most important player, I was Spencer Torkelson, obviously needs to make a comeback this season. Um, and I think he will. Uh, that's why I also have him as my breakout. As for the Cy Young, I guess I got to – I was looking around. I mean, there's I, – I genuinely struggle for this one. I, I, I'm i put like five guys down. There's no one in this bullpen that can win the Cy Young. So I'm going to give it to – God, this is painful. Yeah, I'm going to go with Brad's one, Spencer Turnbull. That's the only one I can really give it to. No one else is really standing out to me. Um, maybe a comeback season from Matthew Boyd, but I just don't see that being possible. Brad, what was your point here? He talked about how this team was like, you know what? We're going to put out a roster that maybe can compete for a wild card spot in 2022. The amount of damage they did to their organization in doing that is extreme. You put one of your biggest payrolls into Javier Baez, who's a questionable bat. You put a lot of money into Eduardo Rodriguez. And with the philosophy that we can compete with Jonathan Scope, Jimer Candelario, Akil Badu, Victor Reyes, that was a management decision that was malinformed, and that set this team back. And this team, the 2023 Tigers, have to pay the consequences for it. I completely agree. I mean, I don't know how you have them winning over seven. Wait, did you say 70 games? I said 70. What what sold you? Steve? That's their ceiling, and all honesty, I, I can agree with that. For me, but... I just think I think Riley Green's gonna have a Tigers MVP season. I think Spencer Torkelson's going to have that breakout season. I think Javi Baez is going 
probably not going to be Cubs hobby bias for him, but be somewhere in between Tigers hobby bias and Cubs hobby bias. Somewhere in between those two. And and that feels like a recipe for success. The bullpen and the pitching, yes, are definitely questionable. And I probably should have knocked a couple wins from that. But I don't know. I think I think seventy I think seventy is probably their ceiling. Um I and I guess I guess I have them hitting that ceiling. But I don't know. I think I and I also like their off season. So I think they got better and what, they had sixty seven wins last year? 66 wins last year, so I think, I don't know, maybe I'll lower it to, to 68, 90, but for, I think, I think 70 wins is about where their ceiling is. That's that math, that's that math. <laughs> no, but I, I, 68, 90 does not add up to a 162, I hate to break it to you, but, 68, 90 um, I, I just, you mentioned all these offensive breakouts, look at this bullpen and rotation and tell me they're not going to give up 10 runs a game. <laughs> Like, I, I'm, I'm not, I'm not disagreeing if, with that, but you, you I, I'm that, I'm top ten offense to win with this, with this rotation. That's valid, and I agree, but I, I don't know. I, I just, I can, I can see, I can see the way. It's not a clear path, um, and it's definitely going to be rocky, but I could definitely see the way. Uh, that Actually, it'll be Tigers. Get, Wait, is that a Rockies uh, reference? Could, <laughs> that they could, they could get seventy wins, but that's definitely their ceiling. I would say. Do you guys agree with that? I gave you one bonus point. 71 and 91's their ceiling. Okay. Yeah. And their floor is like um, 55 wins. That's fair. Yeah, I would say I, I would say in terms of like teams with big question marks, it's this and the Rockies, right? For like the worst run organizations. I would put the athletics over this organization. Because again, I will give this team a little bit of leeway if they have a new front office. Yeah. So athletics though, 29th. Yeah, I think that's about right. I just – it's going to be a couple of years before we see any signs of life from this team. And if they don't really commit to selling this season, then that question mark grows even larger. Into an uppercase question mark. Thank yes. you all for listening to the 4A Baseball Podcast. This is going to be one of our final projections. We've only got three more coming out – four more coming out after this episode. You're also going to get a World Baseball Classic preview later this week with our predictions – for MVPs, World Series, everything coming out next week. We are super excited for that one. So be sure to hit that subscribe button, follow button. All social medias are in the description below. We will see you all next time on the 4A Baseball Podcast. Peace. Steve!